Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Eli Sussman, Managing Editor of Fish Stripes. Uh, we're going to call this episode 15 of Earning Their Stripes, the first one in a little while, and it is an abbreviated one. I had the pleasure of speaking with right-hander Cody Poteet of the New Orleans Baby Cakes, AAA New Orleans, earlier this week, and we're going to play that interview coming up in just a few minutes, an exclusive interview for a guy that's pretty close to breaking through to the major leagues, a former 10th round pick in the 2015 draft. But first, we need to take stock of what's going on with this Marlins farm system, one that, in my opinion, has just finally burst through to that elite level on trade deadline day this past Wednesday, July 31st, picking up two more really premium prospects, shortstop Jazz Chisholm from the Arizona Diamondbacks in a one-for-one trade involving Zach Gallen going the other way, a real shocker, and and secondly, a four-player deal with the Tampa Bay Rays, sending Nick Anderson and Trevor Richards up north, receiving right-hander Ryan Stanick and Jesus Sanchez in return. Sanchez, a consensus top 100 prospect. If you thought the Marlins already had enough intriguing, controllable outfielders at the upper levels of the minors, then they just added one more, although one that's probably going to be a corner outfielder at the highest level, but someone that's already reported to AAA New Orleans to be a teammate with Poteet, and he'll be getting a lot of playing time It'll be really exciting to see. Getting back to Chisholm, made his Marlins debut on Thursday and started it off with a bang. Daniel Brown faced the minimum in the sixth, thanks to a double play, trying to do it again in the seventh. His pitch, and Chisholm swings away, hammers this ball. It's deep out into right center field. Dylan Thomas to the wall, and it's gone. What a night for Jazz Chisholm. He's now three for four with a homer, triple, a single. And he's given the Jumbo Shrimp a 4-0 lead on his 19th combined home run of the season. Jazz is from the Bahamas originally, only 21 years old. One of the younger players to have spent this entire season at the AA level. A lot of optimism that he's going to stick at shortstop defensively long term. The big question mark being his swing and miss issues at the plate. When he connects with the ball, it goes a long way, as we saw and heard on Thursday. Uh, but that strikeout rate has been... Uh, really unreasonably high for most of this year, and that's a familiar issue with a lot of the prospects that the Marlins have gone after in recent years. The high upside is definitely there, and it's a very bold trade to move Gallon, someone that had found pretty immediate success at the major league level, but it's addressing an area of weakness that the Marlins had. One of the few weaknesses left in their farm system was the shortstop position, at least in the near future. You know they're stocked pretty well a few years down the road, whether it's Jose Devers, Osiris Johnson, Nassim Nunez, or in total, when you account for these acquisitions, this is a farm system that is elite. That's a word that sports fans love to use. I try to stay away from it because it can mean whatever you want it to mean. But anyway, you slice it, this is one of the better collections of young minor league talent that exists anywhere in Major League Baseball. It's the first time the Marlins are in this position since 2013, really, when they had Yelich and Ozuna and Jose Fernandez. With all that talent comes some tricky decisions. You can't just leave them on the farm for however long you want. Eventually, there's going to be the Rule 5 draft, which threatens to spread talent around to franchises with less ability in their farm system. The Marlins were on the other side of that the last couple of years, taking advantage of teams. They're going to be one of those teams facing those difficult decisions. Guys that they'll need to squeeze onto the 40-man roster and simply being unable to squeeze everybody they want. Uh, Sixto Sanchez is going to be Rule 5 eligible this coming offseason. 
Nick Niter, the reigning minor league pitcher of the year for the Marlins, even though he's been out most of this year, a very high priority. A couple of the new guys they just acquired, Jazz and Lewin Diaz from the Twins in the Sergio Romo trade. Those guys will need to be protected on the 40-man roster as well. So there will be some tough decisions. One of those guys that's going to be in that awkward position is Cody Poteet. Just turned 25 earlier this week. That's when he and I had our conversation on his birthday. He's someone that has been in this organization longer than almost anybody else in the minors, if you think about it. With all the turnover there's been in this system since new ownership and the new front office took over, he's been one of the holdovers. Poteet was coming off a very disappointing 2018 season. It's why even though he was a starter the whole year and even though he was available in the Rule 5 draft, no other team took a flyer on him. And the Marlins are really fortunate for that because he came back this year, repeated double-A, posted a 2.25 ERA through his first 13 starts in 84 innings, and then earned that promotion. He was the ace of their staff before Sixto arrived, before Edward Cabrera arrived. He was the guy holding it down and was really consistent. Since his promotion to AAA New Orleans, playing in the Pacific Coast League, where you just know you're going to get your fair share of home runs because of the hitter-friendly conditions, uh, Poteet just really held his own. You could argue he's been the ace of their rotation since being called up over the past month. Seven strong innings this past Thursday. And overall, if you combine Jacksonville and New Orleans, he's pitched 118 and two-thirds innings this season. That is number one among all Marlins pitching prospects. You know the system. It's so loaded with guys that have had great years of performance and with beautiful peripherals and nasty stuff. Uh, Poteet isn't quite on that nasty stuff level, but the performance is there, and the consistency has been there. Again, he's thrown more innings than any of these other guys this year, so fully stretched out. Not on the 40-man roster yet, but that's going to be a very interesting decision. So without further ado, here's my conversation with right-hander Cody Poteet. Back here on Earning Their Stripes, it's Eli Sussman doing a special interview on this episode with one of the best, most successful starting pitchers in the Marlins minor league system this entire season, and one of the longest tenured guys in this system, drafted over four years ago. He's right-hander Cody Poteet, and he's joining us all the way from the West Coast. He's joining us on his 25th birthday. Thank you very much, Cody, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited and a pleasure to be here. Uh, I wanted to start really big picture because, uh, I mean, I'm sure you're aware that over the last few years, there's been a big emphasis in the Marlins organization to add more minor league pitching for the future. And that was a big weakness that they thought they had for a while. But you were a one guy that's now been in the system for more than four years. Um, you came into the minor leagues out of the powerhouse UCLA as a, a pretty refined pitcher as you were. But after all this time, after going through almost every single level of the Marlins minor league system, uh, how do you think as a pitcher you've changed, if you have changed, from the draft in 2015 to where you are now with AAA New Orleans? Uh, I've definitely changed a lot. I mean, every year you're learning stuff and putting putting stuff together. Um, I would say just overall my command over the years has gotten better and just being able to situationally – manage a game has definitely gotten better. When I was coming out of college, um, it tends most time that your pitching coach calls the game for you and stepping into pro ball, that was a bit of a learning curve there for me. So 
just throughout the years learning how to manage my pitches as they continue to develop, when to use them in certain counts against certain hitters. And, and this, as you go up the levels, hitters get better. So I like to watch the hitters and learn like it's kind of like a, a puzzle putting it all together, how, how the good hitters hit, how do you get certain guys out, different guys hit differently. So my pitches work a certain way against certain guys. So just stuff like that. And mostly managing the game has gotten better. And then just refining my command and learning how to execute my pitches in in uh, pressure situations in the game and just kind of managing it that way has gotten better, I would say, over the years. Right. Now, for people that don't follow along with you every single start like we do, can you just break down what pitches you have at your disposal and uh, maybe which one of those you think is your most effective pitch overall? Oh, yeah. I have a uh, four-seam fastball, a two-seam fastball, a curveball, a slider, and a changeup. And I uh, put one out as particularly my best. I don't know if I'd rank them. I would definitely say I'd rank my fastball first just because it's the most crucial for me as managing a game as a starting pitcher. But, I mean, I use my pitches all pretty equally. I would say the pitch that's been the most helpful for me this year, I guess, um, has been my changeup, just keeping guys off my fastball, allowing me to not have to be so fine with it because I'm changing speeds a little more. So uh, that, that pitch has been very helpful for me this year, and it's de- developed quite a bit. Yeah, and one thing that jumps out just looking at your career is kind of a the big jump that you had from last year to this year while repeating at A Jacksonville. Um, you were in the rotation all last year. You worked up a lot of innings, but in terms of obviously preventing runs, keeping balls in the ballpark, that's what took a huge leap this year. That's what allowed you to, again, move up a level just last month. And one thing that stuck out is that you were generating a lot more ground balls too, like going from 2018 to 2019. Uh, Yeah. Is there any particular adjustment you think, um, aside from just gaining more experience, is there anything in particular that just made it all come together at double a that wasn't there initially? Yeah. I mean, I had a rough stretch two years ago, my first experience in double A, I started the year off pretty good. And then I had a really rough, rough stretch there where things kind of got messed up a little bit. And uh, I got sent down to Jupiter and I met up with a pitching coach there, Bruce Walton, and he helped me a great deal. So just being able to uh, fix my delivery a little bit there kind of changed things for me quite a bit. I was able to then just focus on execution instead of delivery, kind of maintaining my delivery all the time. So I think just the focus on execution mentally really helped me this year with also pairing in that because of that, a byproduct of that, my changeup got a lot better. And I would say that attributed to the higher ground ball rate, I would say. And uh, I don't know, just overall execution got a lot better once I kind of made an adjustment with him and kind of rolled with it from there from the end of last year. So that's kind of, kind of what happened i guess and uh right i'm thankful that that he helped me out on the 2-2 breaking ball swing and a miss strike three and strikeout number nine for cody poteet payoff swing and a miss got him with a breaking ball low and away strike three side retired 11 punch outs for cody poteet going to school at ucla and um how that baseball program has been so built up even when you arrive there 
the kind of facilities that they have, uh, the level of competition that you're facing initially. Um, was there any moment coming out of the draft in 2015 and going to Pro Bowl where uh, we asked this to all the guys that come on the show is if there was that one moment where it really hit you that the lifestyle was going to change, that the grind was going to start because a much longer schedule playing in Pro Bowl, even that first year, and then just going to starting at least initially at the lower levels here in smaller towns with not quite the same amenities and resources. Is there, was there any moment or really any particular experience that sticks out to you early in your pro career when you realized this was going to be a pretty big grind uh, and that you realized that uh, maybe eventually you're looking for a certain type of glory as a higher level pitcher, but that things would start at really humble beginnings off the field? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, right, right off the draft going to Batavia in New York was quite, quite an experience. I mean, being in uh, LA and then ending up in a small town in Western part of New York, it was definitely, definitely an experience. It hits you right away. I mean, pro ball is definitely different and minor leagues, it generally gets better as you move up levels with the, the player experience, but it's kind of just part of it. You got to pay your dues and it's fun though. When grinding out a 140 game season, with uh, all your teammates, it, it gets fun once you get once you get used to it a little bit. But that first full season, I would say for me, when I was in Greensboro, you you kind of hit a wall, and then uh, and you, you just don't know if you're how you're gonna get through it. Right. And then uh, you end up out on the other end, uh, the other side of the tunnel somehow, and it ends up ends up good though. But yeah, you definitely gotta build up a stamina to play all those games, and also mentally. So whenever you can get your mental breaks in the season, it pays off. And big dividends I've learned as uh, you, you play such a long season. And to this point now, it's gone you all the way up to AAA in, in New Orleans in the Pacific Coast League. And we're talking to you right now coming off arguably the best start that you've had since being promoted to that level. But just in general, a, a lot of attention has come on to AAA this year. The fact that they're using different baseballs than they used to have. And that has bit you a little bit already with allowing a few more home runs than you did when you were down in Jacksonville, something that's kind of out of your control. But it's something very real that pretty much every pitcher in AAA has had to deal with this year. Uh, you've been up now for about a month since you moved up to New Orleans, and I'm wondering if that enters your mind a little bit, the different baseball that they use, the different kind of ballparks that you play in. Does that affect you at all, the way that you're pitching? And uh, is it yeah, is it frustrating at all to now be in an environment that's a lot more hitter-friendly than the ones that you're used to? Yeah, I mean it can it can tend to. I mean, I when my first game here, I saw in AAA, I saw a broken bat home run from uh, Peter O'Brien. That guy's a really strong guy, but that was that was definitely shocking for me when I saw that. Yeah, maybe and, not that uh, strong. No, he is very strong, but yeah, it's definitely a different game. And uh, as much as uh, the ball may fly a little farther. But uh, I still just try to focus on executing as many pitches as I can. I know the end result will hopefully be there if I do a good job and execute as many pitches as I possibly can. If I keep that mindset, if I end up giving a home run up on a good pitch, then I can live with it. If it's a bad pitch, that's my fault to begin with anyway. So I just try to stay focused on my game plan, not to get too caught up in stuff like that, because at the end of the day, big leaguers hit a lot of home runs and they hit the ball pretty far too. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gotcha. Yeah, we're here with Cody Poteet on earning their stripes. One thing I mentioned up top is how many new pitchers have been added to the organization the last couple of years. A lot of those via trade, but guys that haven't been around the organization like you have, I'm just curious as someone that's been teammates with some of the big names that uh, are featured on prospect lists, some of the guys that uh, have the nastiest stuff around. If, if there's any particular guys you've played along with on the mound that stick out to you over the last couple of years in terms of the stuff they had that uh, you think fans of the Marlins at the major league level should really pay a close eye on and watch to eventually make it up to the majors. Oh yeah. I mean, we've done a great job as an organization adding all these great players over the past few years. Um, I would say one who sticks out for me for sure is six though. That guy's an unbelievable talent. It's just a type of talent that me over my career I've played my fourth full season I believe and you just don't really see talent like that everywhere I mean he for him being so young and throwing that hard and then having pretty dang good command too you just don't ever see that so him for sure keep an eye out for him hopefully he keeps progressing the way he is and he's going to be having a fun long big league career if everything goes as planned right I wanted to take a slightly different turn here uh before you even were drafted by the Marlins while you were still at UCLA you were you got married to your girlfriend Madeline and what yep. sticks out to me about that is how kind of rare it is to start your pro career already as a married man just compared some of that is just a function of the age that you're at at that time of life uh, or whatever but I think some people kind of overlook the impact that you know loved ones and family members kind of have on you as a pitcher even if they, they themselves are not baseball players. Uh, so that's one thing I wanted to like wonder about is so far in your pro career, the kind of impact that she has on you, does she help you at all in any way, big or small as a pitcher or just managing life, you know, outside of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's obviously my best friend, my best supporter. So just in that way, first and foremost, but she's traveled with me every year except this year. So it's been a little bit tough in that way this year, but she's my greatest supporter, love of my life. And uh, she just makes things easier for me. She's my best, she's my partner. I mean, she's my teammate, essentially. She takes pressure off me. She helps me at throughout a season. Just, it's just, it's been tough not having her here this year, but she definitely helps me throughout a baseball season, keeping me in the right place mentally, just uh, being there for the ups and downs. She's been through it with me the whole time. So that makes our our story, story pretty special, too, that at the start of my career, we were already married. So literally every step of the way, every experience, she's gone through it with me, and we're going to keep going through it together. So it's been pretty awesome. I know it's very rare, but I feel uh, – very thankful that we've had the experiences that we've had. Sure. Um, looking forward to the rest of this season. There's what a little bit over a month left in the minor league season. Uh, 
it's you've like arguably this is your best year that you've had in the minors, especially considering the level of competition that you've gone up against, uh, how you've controlled certain parts of the game, your consistency and all that. Uh, as although there's a lot of really talented arms in this system, you, you're a guy that's now been around and you've paid your dues. We're coming to a point of the year where certain guys are running up out of innings, getting a little fatigued, whereas you're a guy that was a starter pretty much all throughout last year and really building up that workload. So I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. I, I just want to ask you what goals you probably have for the rest of this season. Um, and as someone that's just one step away from the ultimate level, uh, what are you trying to accomplish over your next handful of starts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to throw the ball well and stay consistent and uh, keep executing pitches. But I know that the dream has always been to play in the major league. So I'm always, it's always in the back of your mind pushing you. And whenever that does happen, I'm going to be very happy. And hopefully it one day does. And I'm trusting God in that. And it's out of my control. And I'm just going to do the best I can with what I do have control with. So that's kind of my mindset with that. And I'm just happy to, uh, be playing baseball right now, wherever I am, and I'm just excited to see where the rest of this year goes. So we'll see. <laughs> well, that's a smart answer, very diplomatic answer. And like I said, you've probably you've taken a lot of steps to putting yourself on the map this year. Um, it's it's your birthday, so I'm going to get you out of here <laughs> right here so you can enjoy the rest of that and then uh, prepare for your next start coming up real soon. Uh, thank you so much, Cody, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the year. We'll be watching real closely. I thank you. Thank you for your time, and I appreciate you having me on.